0: So yeah, I'm <laughs> fully I distracted, again. but uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone. Hello everyone. This is Bendy Wire. I'm your host Shoraya Thapa, and I'm jo. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host Rishab and Ayan, and today we have a guest amongst us, a new Rishab, Rishab Gogoi, an imposter, He's an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> so Rishab Gogoi, Rishab Gogoi is. Our friend, he's a videographer and a quizzer. Rishab Gogoi, introduce yourself.
1: Uh, I have recently uh, broken out like an amoeba from Rishabh Saturvedi. So, thanks for the introduction.
2: Debs <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. on the alpha Rishabh here, yes. <laughs> alpha H-
0: Sigma. Sigma Rishabh,
1: Sigma Mane. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mute, COVID. Uh, the Rishabhs have mutated into the world less as COVID has. Very contextual. Right. Anyway, uh, so I, I, like, first of all, to begin with, uh, I don't think I can introduce myself as such, but the only thing I'll say is, uh, hi, I'm Rishabh Gogol, and I'm on this podcast only because I'm uh, Shoret Hapa's friend. So, nepotism yeah. club represent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mera ko- had I have no idea what films is. I don't know. I've never seen a film in my life. But yeah, just because <laughs> Thapa ne mujhe bulaya, I'm here.
0: Oh, man. Awkward silence. I feel influential. Anyway. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes, you didn't start. Basically, yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yes.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm the next Karan Johar. So, yeah. anyway. Anyway, today today we'll be talking about biopics and as usual, we'll be rambling, questioning, debating, discussing. So yes. un- whenever we talk about biopics, one important discussion that usually arises is where do we draw the line between fact and fiction? Because a biopic is a film, it's not a documentary. So obviously some kind of dramatic liberty with a true story, it's evident. But like... Let's talk about let's let's go back a few years. Uh, in two thousand eighteen, we had biopics like Bohemian Rhapsody, yep. uh, which we all know was the was the biopic of uh, Freddie Mercury, and then we also had a biopic like Vice by Adam McKay, which starred Christian Bale as former U.S. Vice President Dick Shady. So, uh, both of these films did deviate heavily from the actual story, and I believe. All four of us over here have seen both the films, and many of our listeners might have seen Bohemian Rhapsody also. Now, before I give my views, I would like to know your views on such films. Like, you know, such films that deviate heavily from their subject matter. Like Bohemian Rhapsody itself. We know how polarizing a film it was. All four of you watched, all four of us watched Bohemian Rhapsody. So, first I'll just Mm. try to understand what are views are on Bohemian Rhapsody and then slowly we'll start transitioning towards other biopics. So, any one yeah. of you just start Tell me about are, mujhe to la-ga tha.
1: we are going to talk about films that uh, have biology in them like, you know, biopics and <laughs> <laughs> so, I <laughs> had a <of> speech editor
0: <laughs> about Munna <laughs> <about> IMBBS <laughs> Munna IMBBS <am> Sanju <laughs> <laughs> <That>
2: has, <laughs> Biology, 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 <laughs> biology bhai <laughs> Yes
0: <laughs> The which, actually to is, which is American
1: actually poem. contextual. Munda Bhai MVP is actually contextual given how uh, film like uh, Sanju came out of his life. The I mean, Sanjay. Uh, a,
0: a good behind the scenes blooper, uh, before this podcast even started, like before this entire podcast, the idea started, I, Ayan, and Rishabh were on a call and we were, I was discussing about Bohemian Rhapsody and I literally equated Bohemian Rhapsody to Sanju. Because I was <laughs> like, if it it's like Sanju, it's like, take the best aspects of a person, make it into something very melodramatic, and that's it. Like, that's it. No,
3: yeah.
0: I don't know, like, no internal struggle, nothing. Just, just show the good things of a person's life and end it. That's it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody is Sanju.
1: So, basically... You know like, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you go on, go on, go on. So, I was saying that, I uh... So basically, I, this this film in 1999 which came out. So I read about. Mm. it. I haven't seen the film, which is a case okay. for a lot of this film we'll talk about. So basically, okay. basically 1999 a movie came out called the Hurricane. Uh, uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Denzel Washington yeah. who won and you know he won a gold he won a Golden Globe for the best actor and nomination for the mm-hmm. Academy. Mm-hmm. Ke liye. Uh, All
0: right.
1: So he yeah. a film about Rubin Carter who was known as The Hurricane. He was a boxer who was wrongly convicted for triple murder. Uh, mm. So it's a film about his life. It's based on his autobiography and another film, a biography of uh, his life. Mm. So what happened in In a fight, uh, the, the, the person he was beating up, he, mm. they, sh- they tried to be more dramatic and he like, beat him up more than the actual time he actually beat him. So, okay. thi, to so basically mm-hmm. he was like he sued the filmmakers and uh, i don't know the result of the thing so basically it was a controversy yeah. in 1999 mein, uh, facts distort liye, uh, this this dramatic so, uh, way was yeah. way was done so this is not the important so wait
0: part. wait wait so the uh, ruben carter like the hurricane the actual yeah. boxer yeah. So he tried to sue the filmmakers because no, what? Because the person who got they, beat up by Ruben like, Oh, they, they, yeah, they okay, okay. okay. Marred, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. So yeah, so
1: they Rubin tried yeah. to sue zyada the filmmakers. Rubin had to kill the filmmakers. So he had to kill the filmmakers. So he said, I didn't kill court so So basically he took them to court, whatever happened there. So basically distortion uh, was the controversial issue here. So, yeah. Roger Abbott, mm-hmm.
2: the great uh, Shri Shri. Uh, yeah. Shri Shri, Shri, my,
1: Shri Shri Roger Ebert, yeah. I'm both my years I speak his name. So, uh, yeah. he gave an interest. So, this is what I am coming to. Okay. So, this is what he said about okay. uh, about this controversy. Uh, mm-hmm. And he defended the hurricane. He said that, yeah. uh, like, this is a quote from him those who seek the truth about a man from the film of his life. Might as mm-hmm. well seek it from his loving grandmother, the hurricane. So, basically saying that if you want to know about his life, the truth, then ask his grandmother. Ko pochho, why are you going to a film to watch it? So, he basically I mean, said that the hurricane is not a documentary; it's a parable. Now, the, so what mm-hmm. a parable is? It's a, it's a simple story which is used to, you know, say that, like, an interesting or lesson. A yeah, with a moment, yeah, yeah. uh, they put up a story. So I mm-hmm. think that's kind of the summary of, you know, distorting the facts in biographical films, which is the purpose is to basically say a bigger thing than actually stating the facts. So that is like the priority. But uh,
0: this distortion, you feel it is justified till what extent? Like yeah. uh, some of our listeners might remember in our second episode, which was on political cinema, we talked mm-hmm. about how Trial of Chicago 7 is a well-made film if I don't look at the history behind it. But then as yeah. uh, uh, as we had discussed, uh, Aaron Sorkin, he took up these Chicago 7, so, uh, some of these activists were openly anarchist, communist in their ideologies. But The way Sorkin wrote these characters, Aaron Sorkin, the way he wrote these characters, they came off as very uh, liberal minded. Now, he literally changed the entire ideological spectrum that these guys had. Now, is that distortion justified in your opinion? Because, like, again, like, it's a movie, it's not a documentary or something. But then, on the other hand, one can say that, like, that guy, Abby Hoffman, uh, who was an anarcho communist and who was turned into a hardcore liberal of sorts in the film. So people like me, like a lot of people, they never would have known who Abby Hoffman is. And it is this movie that introduced them to this character. So uh, uh, if if nobody else had told me that he was different from his film's portrayal, I would have believed, okay, like un- unconsciously, I would have believed what that film version of Abby Hoffman is. Roughly, it might be something similar only. So in that sense, Aaron Sorkin is unintentionally, you know, he's changed history. And people like me who are too lazy to read about the actual Chicago Seven and who are just content with watching the Netflix film, they will be like you know, <laughs> misguided in some way. Like that is one side of the argument. I feel. Like till what extent so, yeah. is that distortion justified?
2: Yeah.
3: No, but I think that if a writer, a filmmaker is undertaking, um, like they're taking up the task to ra- make a film about a specific personality like any Mm -hmm. i mean a biopic in general then there would be some sort of i mean the filmmaker would have some sort of affinity towards said person to begin with so Mm -hmm. automatically that would reflect in their writing style so for instance i'm pretty sure that the filmmaker of the hurricane would Uh actually be really inspired or i mean would i mean hold some sort of uh, empathy towards uh, what's what's the character's name? For Denzel Washington.
1: Uh,
3: Ruben, yeah. Ruben, yeah. Ruben And yeah, yeah. that can be said for any other biopic as well. For instance, the filmmakers of Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm sure they were huge Queen fans. And they would want Freddie Mercury to be portrayed in a certain light. Now, if they're yeah, distorting yeah. fact and sort of manipulating it, to, uh, oh, yeah. like sort of portray a glorified version of yeah. a personality, then I mean, I, I don't know. It's like it's only um, it opens up a larger debate for how that person was um, I mean, looked at by history uh, in by or uh, by audiences in general, and. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like for someone like Freddie Mercury, I went to watch yeah. *Bohemian Rhapsody as a huge Queen fan. And yeah, I yeah. did not expect the entire film to only revolve around Freddie. I thought that they'd delve <laughs> into uh, the rest uh, of uh, the characters as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know, like, their writing so, choices sort of reflected just um, empathy towards Freddie. And they centered around him. I mean, that that's fine. Because I think, like, the surviving members of Queen also wanted a version of Freddy mm. to be, like, released to the to be public. represented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. I mean, not... Uh, they tried to get mm. into the nitty gritties of it, like, I mean, basically the dark past he had. The dark phases mm-hmm. of his life. But... Yeah. I mean, that was sort of washed out completely. I mean, just so that and then if the audience could sort of empathize with him that he's a man who fell from grace, but he still held his stature and he was a great man. Whatever. So basically, yeah. the whole climax
1: was made up, right? Uh, but, uh, uh, the the live-aid announced- performance was there. Yeah, so no, no, I'm talking about the, uh, so basically live me where he goes and uh, he's coming yeah. from, uh, it, was he announcing that he's got cancer It's. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, so he, he he announced that he was talking to his, uh, I think, parent or who was it? Okay. You know? oh, mean, was a, ha, ha, that was all,
3: the, that was all there for dramatic effect. No. So the whole, <laughs> ha, so yeah. the whole
1: before live aid sequence was fully made up, this means nothing. Yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. So, ah. There was a gap there was a gap between him knowing when he had aids and versus when he did the performance and so, even his, uh-huh. and
2: even his meeting with his like partner jim i think that was also entirely made up it wasn't right. like that at all
1: yeah. yeah so what i what i have to say about this so okay coming back to the whole idea of the film bohemian rhapsody I ko sabse badhiya aspect of the film i like i if you ask me one thing that you liked about the film was mm-hmm. the karaoke sequences this may uh, performances <laughs> mm-hmm. was happening and you had literally karaoke for people to yeah, be able dude. to mm-hmm. audience same thing yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: and that is an idea i don't think the filmmakers would come like this is my bias maybe but that's an idea mm-hmm. the producers and the executive did, uh, producers might uh, come and i think that's that has to do with the whole idea of the film it was packaged in a way that people usko consume easily
0: yeah,
2: it's good yeah, fan definitely. service
0: also. Definitely. Good f- I mean, I mean, see, despite uh, me not being very fond of Poem in Rhapsody, I still loved the final Live Aid sequence also. And I got see, goosebumps. the Live sequence,
3: like, I think it was... Live was probably the most historically accurate sequence in the entire film. And yeah. that was the highlight mm-hmm. of the film, which is... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was basically fan service. And the rest mm-hmm. of the film yeah, was yeah. just an over-dramatized version of events that happened
0: yeah yeah yeah. i mean see i like uh, i as a fan of queen of freddie mercury would expect to see more about him beyond the camera like behind the scenes like okay i know i already know that freddie mercury uh you know broke gender norms by cross-dressing and he was a great performer and all of that but maybe like you know like these might sound like cliched elements but show me his relations with his other band members. Show me more about how he's exploring his, I don't know, racial identity or sexual identity. Like, I'm not just saying it for the sake of, you know, tokenistic wokeness or something. But I just, I, I wanted to know more about him. Genuine more depth. When mm-hmm. we When we pick up a book about a certain person. So we are not expecting yeah. to just read about that person's achievements. We are expecting to read what made them who they are. What made them reach yeah. to that level of I don't know fame or whatever. So, and that's why that's why I preferred a movie like Rocket Man, which came a year after. Exactly. Rocket I was Rhapsody. gonna say, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Because it showed me how Elton John struggled with drug addiction and all. It might be cliched for some people, but, I, but at least I like that okay, they are humanizing that character. In Bohemian Rhapsody, Freddie Mercury was a god. Like, ye, yeah, he but, can do nothing right. wrong, he's the best.
3: So that was like. Nei nei, with 20. Elton, I think with Rocketman, what they did different was that yeah. the entire film didn't matab, follow the same formula, like biopic wala structure. It had a lot of serialist yeah. elements to it, right? Pure, yeah, matab, yeah. These entire dream sequences and all the sort of made muc- scene yeah. dances there were and musical, stuff. And,
0: musical and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: It played. Like a musical, so did Bohemian mm. Rhapsody to a certain extent, but with Rocket Man, they did so fully aware that they didn't want to be structured in the by uh, cliched okay. sort of biopic, yeah. And I think that's why Rocket Man was a better film in portraying mm. such a character than mm. Bohemian Rhapsody, but also, but, like, oh, yeah, talking like,
0: about. Like, these two films, uh, Rocket Man was made when Elton John was alive. He still is alive. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was made, of course, after Freddie Mercury's death, and of course, the like, Queen was consulted, the band members. Mm. But here's another question that I had: Do you feel like making a film on a making a biopic on a living figure is required? Because then, if naturally, if I'm making a film on a living figure. So I will have to consult that living figure. I'll have to know their story for authenticity's sake. But what if that person... Like, like if anyone asks me my life story and if I've done something fucked up in the past, I might try avoiding the fucked up parts. I might try telling them only the you know good parts of me. And even like if, if I get into fucked up parts, I wouldn't make myself the antagonist. While when mm-hmm. it comes to representing someone who's already dead... So you still are at a liberty to show, you know, some negative aspects of their personality as well. And you know what? I'll, yeah,
3: I think it's actually quite the opposite because with people who are dead, I think yeah. some sort you of would, obligation you would tend to them. them more. Yeah, exactly. Because from <laughs> whatever films we've, whatever biofics we've had so far about living figures, there's yeah. They tend to be more transparent and open about their lives because,
1: which is true, yeah.
3: Like the films yeah. will be open to criticism, right? And wow. the figures are still alive to receive that criticism. But for dead figures, dead personalities, the films yeah. are often more distorted in their accuracy because there are. They they be,
2: get... I think they tend to be more hagiographic than biographic. Correct.
0: Yeah
2: okay. uh, huh, huh, huh. yeah So I it's
0: mean, like it's like a tribute so it's like a tribute one I mean to one, I mean, one or
2: example one major example that comes to my mind was something like Gandhi Yeah I think was very uh, heavily uh, hagiographic after mm-hmm. yes. yes like second half uh-huh. was completely hagiographic i was like ha matabh, the filmmaking <laughs> was quite excellent no doubt but yeah, yeah. the content was very ha the Sainthood Ho chuka tha uska, I think by the second half. I, <laughs> I think and I think ha it wasn't as I mean I mean I don't expect ke us jaisa content someone would want to make right now about yeah. even even, like, even for someone as revered as Mahatma Gandhi. Sure. I mean another example
0: wanted. can be can be Dark Star which was a biopic on Winston Churchill. Winston yeah. Churchill. In yeah. fact, yeah.
2: in fact, talking about distortion, that entire subway scene was completely fictional.
1: In which film?
0: Oh, uh, in, so Dark
2: in Star. when he turns to the passengers, he just randomly surprises right. the citizens, right.
1: Right. and right. he just talks yeah.
2: to them, and he he yeah. gets very moved and inspired by them, and then he goes <laughs> to Parliament and he has this very rousing speech on. Oh right, you know, right. right. yeah. Uh, that, that same speech that is echoed in Dunkirk, Dunkirk also at the end. So, Imagine.
0: Winston yeah. actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and that was very melodramatic. And like you see Winston crying also. And you see, <laughs> oh, he's such a softie. Oh, my God. And yeah, I mean, that was like very, very aimed at I just mean, like straight up melodrama.
0: Even though you can
2: argue that it was still... Yeah it was still better made in the sense they turned it more into a thriller in a way mm-hmm. by the pace of it. But still, I mean, of course, like that one scene so I think was quite debated upon at the time of the release.
0: I mean, that's the power mm-hmm. of good melodrama, right? When I watched Darkest Hour, I was very well aware that, oh, you know, Winston Churchill, like Indians hate Winston Churchill because like, yeah. Uh, because of a lot of things, he he, he deviated no a lot of food food supplies and a lot of people. Bengal yeah, famine.
2: Yeah, classic imperialist.
0: Yeah. yeah, the Bengal famine and all. But then yeah. when I'm watching the film, I'm like, oh, this is so moving and all. And that rousing speech towards the end, it might have moved me also. It's it's like how we are watching the Crown, right? Although now the good thing about the Crown is that it is taking shots at the royalty, so we are having fun. That yes, now they're being shown in a negative light. But st- when it initially started, and when the queen was in a somewhat more positive light as compared to the other members. So again, like I was I was weirded out. I was like, I'm like I, would say, the I show, would say the queen is still
1: in a positive light with comparison to the other characters. That yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is there is a
0: certain sense. there's a certain sympathy towards her that okay, you know what, even if she's uh, snobby or whatever uh, she she's still a nice person and then of course like I, I also know that the crown might itself have a lot of dramatization and all and Peter Morgan might not want to outrightly glorify anyone in the royal family but like there's always that constant dilemma in my mind that <laughs> as an Indian should I even enjoy this show so <laughs> that, that is always there like that's a, a dilemma that imperial,
1: imperial is bastard <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and, and okay. you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's weirder for me also because, like, uh, my surname is Thapa. So, Thapa, all these Nepali origin people, they were very loyal. There were a lot of Thapas in the British Army to the point that they even got benefits from uh, British Army uh, uh, after independence. In fact, some of the Queen's personal bodyguard were also Thapas. Which is really I don't know.
2: This is really interesting.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) like Thapa's are Gurkhas, so Gurkhas, this warrior class, they're known for their loyalty. Now that's a stereotype, but like that's also a fact. And the British, British is like I I have read some letters that British generals and all wrote that in Indian subcontinent we like Thapas because they're so loyal to us. And then oh, I am over here, and I'm like, and the irony is, and the irony is that my great grandfather, he was in the Indian National Army when Subhash Chandra Bose had started. So, basically, my great grandfather oh. was like a traitor of sorts. I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes I wish. This is an like,
1: interesting point, and you know, this is not digression. I don't think this is a digression because uh, when you're talking about the uh, the crown, uh, yeah, yeah. they have yeah, got yeah. so much screen time they can explore so many different pathways, they can tie up so many like they can die, go away into a different whole arc and then tie it up with the main story and uh, yeah, they can yeah, show the grey not... sh- shades of these characters etc etc which is not possible yeah. for a feature film so <coughs> whole limitation limitation that uh, you also want to do fan service you also want to do some kind of a dark area to show yeah, t- yeah. you know, in in that
2: regard I think feature films may which is what I think the recent trend has been. I mean of course that's something that I noticed like they've now begun to just say we have something like Bohemian Rhapsody which tries to encompass the entirety of one man's life basically. Life. Nice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that to me has now, I don't know, like I just do not understand the point of doing of that pursuit any longer. Yeah. For instance, mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, something like Jackie, which was mm-hmm. just about ha, 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 a week ha. or a couple of weeks just after yeah. Kennedy's uh-huh. assassination. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Usme jitni, the kind of psychological depth and ambiguity that he brought to the first lady there was mm-hmm. quite unparalleled.
1: In Another of, example. Yeah. Yeah, and even again. now
2: he's making about, and, and now he's making one on Diana Spencer. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 right, <laughs> and, and that also is going to again be it's similarly, on, and that is going to be centered on just one weekend. So, so j- j- uh-huh. that's
1: very genre bending filmmaking is also existing in 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 examples such as Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs. Yes which, yes, yes, which is a film like I was going to answer. That uh, like Thapa told me that uh, if you have any, we, we'll ask you which. Is our favorite film. So I was going to say this, mm. uh, but I'm saying this in advance. So yeah, yeah. question, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, My yeah.
0: favorite
1: biopic, which is which is we can, we can consider it a genre bending film, and it completely like blew my mind. Ki, wow, mm. this is this this is filmmaking at its freshest best. You know. Yeah, yeah. Which was Steve Jobs by you know starring Michael Fassbender and Joe Danny Boyle ने Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all... and, and written by Aaron Sorkin. Aaron written Sorkin. by Aaron Sorkin. Again, yeah. Again I'm yeah. touching both my ears when I'm Sorkin <laughs> <and I'm talking laughs> ji. <laughs> so, uh, when he, when I saw the film, I had no expectations of it. That's another factor, I think. And I had also yeah. seen the one, the other uh, jobs. Jobs. By, Ashton So, my ja. expectation already was like uh, very bad, tha. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm i watched this film and then uh, i was so glued to my screen when i watched it and those and three sequences that they show which is which can also be it can, it can be like a long sequence even you know those three mm-hmm. sequences you can also make them like you can actually have this as a play this whole movie yeah yeah it's three like acts. a
0: play in three acts like in that's like the entire film
1: yeah and in such a genre-bending way, mein, in three product launches, you get to know so many uh, different shades of the character. You see recurring characters coming in, going out. And you see yeah, yeah. this guy, this character changing his uh, arc. He he has development. He's got some gray area sh- showing. He has mm-hmm. his interaction with his child, Lisa. He once says, Ki, I mm-hmm. named this computer after you. And then in the later case, he said, basically... Uh, he he says in the beginning, Ki, I did not name this after you. Are you crazy? I named this because it's <laughs> coming from here. And in the last <laughs> sequence he says Ki, I named this after you. So that's poetic. So basically there's so many different character development. This guy changes, he grows, he and we, we know so much about Steve Jobs, especially when uh, you have a character who's so well known, well read of, yeah, and so yeah. popular. Uh, yeah. He, he people, most people know the guy. No, most people know that he was fired from Apple and he came back. He had this phase. Mm-hmm. He was. He went mad. He went. He did this. He did that. And then he then he had this come back with the iPod. He had the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Most things are known to people. Like basic pointers, everyone knows. But usko a so interesting way dikhane ke really kudos to you know. I mean, who am Um, I to give kudos
0: to Sorkin, but like,
1: uh, this was a brilliant, brilliant film that I completely enjoyed. I mean,
0: the the structure itself was really good. Like, as Rishabh said, uh, like, as Rishabh Chaturvedi said that he is pissed off with the standard formula, like, which is like, oh, we will start with the birth, then we'll show teenage, then we'll show their love interest and... I don't know, maybe a drug addiction habit, blah, 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 death. But <laughs> yeah. Steve Jones was pretty interesting, like as Goway pointed out. Like within those three product launches, they show everything. They even show his relationships with his co-workers, how his co-workers are pissed at him and etc, etc. At one point mm-hmm. of time, I even thought that Wolf of Wall Street will be a genre-bending biopic. Because, in one sense, you can say it's genre-bending, but then I don't even know if it should be considered as a biopic. Like, we have already discussed Wolf of Wall Street in the previous episodes. But, again, like, you know, uh, I I would still like comedic approaches towards biopics. Like, Steve Jobs, of course, like great example of a biopic drama. But, like, what Weiss did. Weiss purposely took a real-life story and then butchered it completely for darkly comedic purposes. So usually mm-hmm. biopics are often seen as drama. Like if you're an actor and if you do a biopic role, like you know, uh, which will require you to change your appearance and you will cry a lot. You will win an Oscar maybe after that. But yeah. now I, I so also want to like, for Judy. I haven't even asked <laughs> that for so, so anyway so so like I would want Uh, more comedic interpretations because see once you make a biopic comedic I feel you have already established the fact that listen this is not going to be a very factually accurate story or something there is obviously going to be some dramatic liberties or something so yeah like I mean I think the standard epic biopic uh, formula it's slowly being outdated and yeah I hope, like, we get more films like Weiss or, you know, Steve Jobs and so and so. Like, wh- what other biopics are coming in the future? I know of this one biopic which it's which, which is on Elvis. And now as Ayan had pointed out, and like, you all had pointed out that when you make a biopic on a dead figure, so, you, you know, it becomes a tribute of sorts, and you have to distort yeah. some history. So now, yeah. I think that will be the case with this Elvis biopic also, because you know, in this uh, recent uh, era of internet and also, we get to know that the best artists in the world, they were also pretty fucked up people in real life. So like Elvis Presley, a lot of people these days have been talking about how he had also been a domestic abuser. But I don't think an Elvis biopic will, you know, talk about Deal that. Deal with that. Yeah, or or how yeah. how black people feel that oh Elvis basically appropriated their culture or whatever that, that yeah. movie might not not talk about that it might just talk about Elvis yeah. the star and maybe some personal issues of Elvis maybe drug addiction or whatever. Uh, James Brown's biopic. James Brown. Get on up. So James Brown again. He yeah. had uh, cases of domestic violence against him. No, so, but but yeah, like uh, as Gogoi pointed out, it is a testimony of our times because. Uh, earlier it was easier for us to separate the art from the artist. And a movie, a biopic or a good biographical book, it helped in you know venerating, celebrating that particular artist. And like even if we knew some fun topics of any person. But we 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 it was easier for earlier generations to separate the art from the artist. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, anyway, in the twentieth century, whatever biographical pieces of a cinema that we've received, all of yeah. them have pursued the same sort of narrative. Okay, we're going to take this figure, and they might mm. have some negatives, but that but is always yeah. the sort of um, mm. Mm. center mm. of mm. their <laughs> where they craft narrative. Ah, it's like but saying, is, "Okay, so I'm not racist,
0: but." Yeah, that butt will always be there. So I just wanted to, you know, like, end the discussion now with the final question. What would be your dream biopic? So, my dream biopic was Kanye West starring as Kanye West. And a Kanye West. Movie. So yeah. if you have a biopic option in biopic option what would you do? I'll tell you. Yeah.
3: Best dream biopic would be? A Barack Obama biopic and Barack Obama is played by Ryan Gosling. <laughs>
2: oh Ryan
0: Gosling starring as Martin Luther King Jr. Nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for I was gonna say thank you for having us here. Kutka Podcaster Award. America felicitation over here. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you for having us here go great podcast my solicitation. To... <laughs> We were the imposters all along yes good
1: it'll be a good idea to have a podcast where people fart it'll be called podcast
0: the fart sounds